All right, welcome to Keep Hacking. This is our first um, podcast video. What are we calling it? Um, whatever it is. Um, it's definitely the first thing that we're, we're doing. Um, I'm Jeremy Barnes, and this is Tim Lamont. Um, we wanted just to get on here and kind of start talking to each other and answer some questions for you guys and let you know who we are, what we're about, and just kind of you know go back and forth a little bit like we typically do. Um, again, Jeremy Barnes, and I'm currently the New York Mets hitting coach. Um, I've had a, a long, you know, winding road in baseball. I played in the Philly system, went to school at Notre Dame. Um, then, you know, after playing in the Philly system, went over to Australia for a while, got involved with some amateur baseball over there, actually moved there for five years, and did what they call manager of player pathway and development over in Australia, um, working with amateur athletes and you know, running international tours that Tim was a part of as well. Um, and throughout this whole journey, kind of moving through the organizations and and getting to where I am now, Tim's kind of been, you know, with me in some capacity along the way. Um, I've known Tim since 14 years old. Not, not 14 years old. When was, how old was I, Tim? 14. 14? Um, mm -hmm. So a long time ago. Um, I actually had a bad baseball accident and, and he was, um, there as like a, a all around baseball coach to, to kind of mentor me and help me get back. And, um, yeah, I've known him for a while, been, been one of my best friends for, since then and been in my wedding and, you know, ended up getting a job with the Houston Astros when I was the hitting coordinator and has kind of been along with me the whole time. So, um, he, he's joined me on this journey of um sharing our thoughts and ideas and we'll kind of go into all that here in a little bit but tim why don't you say hi hello uh as jerry said tim lamont um, i'm currently the assistant hitting coach for the cincinnati reds um as as jeremy said i've known him since he was 14. um he, he what he didn't tell you is he almost died on a baseball field and i was the coach at the time um so we made it through that and i guess he stuck with me the rest of the way um you could almost say I've kind of ridden his coattails all the way to professional baseball. And, um, uh, luckily, um, through our kind of friendship and, and throwing things off one another, it's made me a better coach and I've kind of been able to go off on my own and, and have my own success from there. So where were you at before the Reds? Uh, met, I was the hitting coordinator, um, with you. And so did that for a year, really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a good gig um it's you know a, a really for those who don't know a hitting coordinator is kind of like the coach of the coaches of the minor leagues and um has their fingerprint on a lot of what goes on uh with the hitters and stuff down there um so that was that was nice and i also got to work a little bit with with uh jeremy at the big league level kind of rehabbing some guys um then prior to that i was with the houston astros for three four years um, and did various things from an affiliate coach in double A to a complex coordinator and kind of running like half of the minor league system. Um, not the whole thing. And so like to one coast. So I think something that's kind of interesting is, you know, in the details of how we've known each other. So I met you when I was 14, bad injury. You helped me do lessons and stuff like that to come back. Um, then you were actually my high school hitting coach and pitching coach. Um, and that's where we started doing what I would call some pretty innovative things. Um, you were into CrossFit and movement before really it became a thing. And we started experimenting with strength conditioning program and sprinting and throwing and hitting. And we've always kind of had this belief that, you know, these athletic you know, movements are just a collection of movement patterns. Like it's, it's trainable, it's repeatable. We can, you know, we, we kind of found like-minded people that we paid attention to. Um, and we were very much quickly classified as a bunch of weirdos and how we went about our business and how we did things. Um, you know, fast forward to college. Um, I found myself constantly coming back to you for advice going off and playing summer ball or collegiate ball, um, falling into traditional coaching patterns, losing my feel for things and coming back. 
Um, and like, so ensued the circle of that until I got done with Pro Bowl. Um, so we've kind of been collaborating for lack of a better term on this probably since I was like 16. I'm 36 now. So giving my age away. So, um, a while before, you know, before things really started to take off. And what's funny is, you know, we're doing this keep hacking podcast and it's basically based off of the baseball hacking website that we've created. But we literally started talking about doing an online baseball hacking website back before baseball Twitter and things were even a big deal then, like probably 10, 15 years ago at this point. Um, we actually got the URL and started trying to do things and um, life and busyness and not knowing any, what to do at all kind of led us away from doing it. But um, yeah, we've kind of been on this journey for about two decades now doing this together yeah um yeah i get i get asked a lot like what kind of sparked this whole thing for me and you kind of hit on it there was when you were in high school um um i was the pitching and the hitting coach and um uh, the head coach rick um got a flyer in his box because back then when you're a teacher like you you have these boxes and people put mail in them and stuff i don't know if it's still that way but he gets this flyer and and it's for this um baseball boot camp type deal down in houston we were up in dallas area and uh it said can anybody throw 90 miles an hour and should you i should you not ice and at the time these were these were questioning some long held kind of dogmas and um he, he came to me, he said, do you want to go to this? And I was like, oh, it looks fun to me. So I go down and uh, I, I enter this. I'm late. Um, I get lost. And because this is before you have Google Maps and all those things, you had to like print off your directions. And and uh, so I get lost. I get there and I, I walk in and it's this big ballroom and it's full. It's full of people. Big conference. And again, I had no clue what this was. So I like scooch around the back, you know, trying to not cause any disruption or anything and i sit in the very back and i'm automatically like they've got a, uh, um, a shoulder guy from the phillies or somebody like that um and he's up there and he's talking about the shoulder and how it should work and where people go wrong and i'm i'm captivated right away i'm like stuff i've never heard and this guy in front of me wearing a hawaiian shirt keeps coming back, like looking back and talking to me like elbowing me and being like yeah definitely happened to me like oh, oh yeah yeah and i'm taking notes and i'm like this guy's annoying the heck out of me and next thing you know um the guy who's put the clinic on ron wolforth comes up and he thanks the the guy who's doing the, the presentation and then he describes the person who's coming up next and gives all his accolades and everything he's done and he's currently the the washington nationals pitching coach brent strom and the guy in the white shirt in front of me stands up and goes up to the stage. And uh, that was my first uh, introduction to the baseball ranch down in, in uh, Houston. And Strami, who ended up being the pitching coach with the Astros when we were together, and, and a great guy, uh, ran into him this year with the um, uh, Diamondbacks. And I still like to get telling that story because um, it's, it's just funny that how everything kind of came full circle because it was there and learning about how they had like this dynamic pitcher program the whole time i'm like sitting here just taking notes and thinking about like how can i apply this to hitting how can i apply these same um principles and concepts and you know just kind of basic fundamental movement uh good movement patterns to hitting and i started creating my own program and that's when i ended up opening my own gym um in the box athletics where you came and trained you know when you were home and then like when you got released before you went to Australia, which is a bit of a funny story as well. Cause if I recall, you come in and your, your bat speed was down. It was like, terrible. It was a joke. I couldn't hit the ball out of the, I mean, I just had, I just had surgery. I just had bilateral, you know, sports hernia surgery or whatever. And in my mind, I was just never going to be the same again. And I just couldn't swing hard. Um, and then I think, I, I don't know, we had radars and I can't say that these are like accurate numbers. Like this was actually my bat speed, but on the radar that we had, which is a good measurement and, a, a, you know, it gave us information. It was like 
in the 60s that I was swinging at on these like little radars that with the metal bats and stuff like that that we had. And then within like 10, 10 to 15 minutes of us just talking through some movement stuff and try this, do this, do this, I was back up to like 90 something on the radars, like within 10 minutes. Um, didn't even hit a ball, just did some movement pattern things and whoop, instantly started grabbing again. Um, yeah, I mean, you saw it with me, you saw it with other athletes, I saw it. Um, and then segue into me going over to Australia. I, in my career in the Phillies and even Notre Dame, I definitely got this like reputation of being um, analytical, mechanical, and a little new age is this, you know, persona that I got because I was doing new things. I was doing new training techniques. I wanted to be as good as I could be. I cared. I wasn't, you know, I, I, we both coach in the big leagues and we see athletes that we just don't even compare to. Um, so I didn't have that athleticism. Um, so I was trying to eke everything out that I could possibly eke out. And it definitely got a reputation, kind of like almost like a Trevor Bauer reputation of doing the weird throwing program. Like, look, this guy's doing different things. What is this guy all about? Um, so I just did not have a good professional ball experience and was like, I don't want to get into coaching. I like this stuff, but I don't want to go get into pro ball. Um, I go over to Australia. Just honestly, I think I talked to you about it and was like, hey, this is a chance. I get to go over to a population that baseball is not really that big of a deal over there. It's growing. And I get to try out these Baspi programs, these velocity programs, this strength conditioning like mindset, I get to try out all these concepts that we had been, you know, using with myself and your brother Ben at the time and, and different people like that. I got, I got to try that out on a mass population. I got to scale it. Um, and I thought that was cool. And I was just like, we'll go over there and my wife and I will enjoy Australia for a couple of years and we'll see what happens. Um, we went over there and it was definitely a challenge more politically than developmentally over there. But we had tremendous, tremendous success with these guys that just did not, guys and girls. We, we literally had programs for both um, with bass speed and velocity. We had, you know, 16-year-olds hitting 90 on radar guns and stuff like that, which was unheard of in Australia at the time, um, which then actually led to myself getting the job at the Houston Astros because Rachel Balcovet came over, spoke at the Australian Institute of Sport, saw some of the stuff that we were doing, realized it was different and um, got a call from the Astros um, and they offered me to come over and be a hitting coach in the minor leagues. And I told them I wanted nothing to do with it. I remember telling them that I was like, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to get involved in that old school. I like, you know, a dogmatic world. Um, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to be a pariah and I'm going to get laughed out of every locker room that I'm in. And it's just not going to work. Um, but they were persistent and they kept talking to me and I, I'm quite confident I had lots of conversations with you about it. And we just, my wife and I decided, let's just go do it. Let's go back to the States. We'll be closer to family and let's, let's do it. And that was in 2017. So cut forward to 2023. I'm now my third year in the big leagues and you're going on your second year in the big leagues. Um, so I think that's the thing that makes us so unique. You know, we come from a different background. I literally cut my teeth as a coach in international amateur baseball. You started off owning a gym and you honestly was a high school coach and ran a sports equipment company for a while. Um, <laughs> and now we're working with some of the top athletes in the game. It, it's um, the array of experiences that we've been fortunate to have over the past, honestly, like, and it's been expedited. It, it hasn't been that long. Like I got in pro ball in 2017. When was your first year in the Astros when I begged you to come over? I was the coordinator and I was like, we need a spot. Uh, I mean, I was You're hired in 18. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. uh, 17, I was in minor league. By 19, I was the hitting coordinator. I got Tim involved with the Astros. And we just, we've just kind of been continuing to do what we've done, which is the name of our website really it's just baseball hacking we're trying to use systematic thinking a little bit of science a little bit of common sense and 
and apply good principles and, and coaching to everybody and you ask questions, search for the truth, know that we're probably never going to fully find it, but give it a go. And, um, that is, you know, I think having that array of experience is so unique. And then myself going from a hitting coordinator, which is, you know, like you already said, managing the hitting coaches in the minor leagues. I then had the opportunity to go to the Mets and be the farm director. And I literally went to the Mets to set up systems, yeah. not just for pitching, but for hit, for uh, for hitting, but for pitching and fielding and strength conditioning. So I got exposed to that front office side of it all, as well as, you know, kind of getting my feet wet and all those different areas. Um, so I just think, you know, we've been around the game now a little bit, and I still have to pinch myself at times with the journey that we've been able to go on. It's, it's pretty unique. Even within the industry, it's pretty unique. Yeah, I almost think that we, we came in at uh, kind of a, a, a weird tipping point in the game, at least with the way the Astros were, where they were moving away from a lot of subjective thinking and trying to be much more objective in how they went about things. So they were hiring people from outside. Um, the game, not necessarily outside the game, but outside of pro ball, um, which wasn't possible, you know, five years before that, maybe even three years before that. Um, but you had this influx um, of, of smart, talented people. And if you look, I mean, uh, you know, almost everybody that was hired in, in in our little world in that in that you know three or four year bubble, almost all of them are in the big leagues now, um, or doing something amazing, like Rachel being one of the first, you know, female managers and and all that though like it was it was a, it was a, it was an interesting time and i don't know that it'll i don't know that we'll get that again because i i start to see the pendulum kind of swing back the other way again um which is not necessarily a bad thing um but i you know i think it, it's it is very very interesting like i i think about it all the time i'm like i'm i was you know an average junior college baseball player at best and um you know it, got into coaching really young and just was eat up with it and like really interested. I always wanted to understand why what I was being told should work didn't seem to work and, and how I was more athletic before I was coached. And like, you know, I think a lot of minor leaguers um, can, can attest to that. Like, you know, they, they have their college swing, they get into the minor leagues, they're told it doesn't work. And all of a sudden they go down and like, a lot of times you end up kind of full circling back to their college swing and it may have been changes they needed to make and there might have been some things there but it's like i i just was always curious like why like well, what is it what is it that the best are doing that we uh coaches were, were missing and honestly the, the the one of the most interesting things i found now being having been in pro ball for a little while is i've, I've learned a lot but the basics that we were teaching back at in the box athletics and with you and, and camera and Australia, I, I still go back to those basics all the time, even with my, my big leaguers. Now um, I don't really get too much, you know, we, we, we talk a lot with our coaches about like, I remember we used to talk a lot about like the, the putting the big rocks before the pebbles. Right. Well, like I, mm -hmm. I've been using another analogy. That's kind of the same thing. And I, I love it. So, if I'm in a, if I'm going to try to win a contest and carry the most weight and rocks that I can, I'm going to pick up a boulder, and then I'm going to in my hands try to maybe get as many little rocks as I can. But I'm never going to drop that boulder to pick up rocks, and the boulders are what we were already doing before we got into this game, uh, or in professional baseball, and those are the things that like, you've just got to they kind of have to be your North star and, and go back to, and you know, those, there, there is a lot to be learned from the smaller things, but man, I, I still just see so much low hanging fruit for, you know, getting better at those mm -hmm. big, big, it's a very, very common term used in professional baseball is low hanging fruit. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, just using that metaphor, it literally makes me think of the Pareto principle is like, there truly is only a 20% that's going to give you 80% of your results, if even that. So like, yeah, you're grabbing the boulder because that's the one rock that's going to mean the most to you. 
And then great, if you have the the capacity and the wherewithal to throw little pebbles on top of it, great. Yeah, you always want to try to capture as much as you can. But as a coach, there is a 20% that's going to give you 80% of the results, if not even a 10% that gives you 90% of the results. Um, I would almost say it's more like that when you get to the level that we're at because these guys are just so talented. It, these small changes create exponential like reward on the other end of it all. Um, oh, yeah. And I, it, it's, you know, I, I've been writing some things down and just kind of getting my head around everything. And it just makes me think too about like the power of simplicity. Um, and there's a quote that I, you know, we have, we've run across before, but it, I just like it. It's Albert Einstein talks about how um, something, whatever, like you'd be amazed at, you know, how important, absolutely, how non-important everything is or whatever it is. I'm butchering the quote and I always will, but basically it's like everything is unimportant and, you know, we get so caught up in everything. If we want to, we want to talk the most, we want to say the most things, we want to make it as complex as we can possibly make it. And I feel like the more we've learned and, you know, being around biomechanics and, and, you know, research at the Astros and our respective teams now, um, it kind of comes back to these core basic movements and like a lot of old school things are getting proven through new school approaches. Yeah. And I think that's why the pendulum has kind of started to swing back to some, some coaches with more experience because the, the data has kind of flushed itself out and, um, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're, every study we do, we're just kind of proving that things like timing are important. And, you know, these things that every old coach would have said, like, you know, get a good pitch beyond time, right? Like simplest thing in the world. But, um, but when you couldn't measure timing for a few years or you couldn't figure out a way to measure it, then, um, then how does an analyst say that, you know, timing matters, right? Because we can't measure it. So now that we're mm -hmm. starting to, you know, with Hawkeye and flights and everything else, we can start to measure timing somewhat. Now they're going, oh, timing is important. So thanks, you know. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. Real quick, but, the question I have for you is like, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Baseball hacking. Um, I think you came up with that name probably 10 years ago plus now. Um, what does it mean? Why? Like, what does this whole thing mean to you? And why are you wanting to be a part of this? Um, I'd say, you know, where, where it came from probably was at the time I, I'm a, I'm a big reader, podcast listener. Like I'm just trying to always consume information. And at the time I was, um, probably pretty heavily influenced by Tim Ferriss and, um, uh, the four hour work week, um, never read it, go read it. Great book. Um, but that was kind of what you spoke to earlier um, about the, you know, 20% giving you 80%, you know, that it was a, a big theme, which is like, how can we simplify things and more or less like hack the system? And I was somewhat trying to apply it in my whole life with my diet, my exercise, um, how I taught or coached um, and just trying to simplify things. Cause I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. For me, it's a lot easier to keep things simple. Um, so I think that's where the name came from. I was just like pretty much in, and dove head first into that world. Um, and, but honestly, it's still like, I still eat that way. I still, I still lift that way. I still, you know, I, I still live that way. It's, it's served me really well for however many years now. Um, so that's where the name came from. Um, you know, doing like kind of doing this again, kind of re- uh, hashing this and bringing it back uh, as something that we're thinking about. Honestly, for me, it's a um, it's a continuing education. Um, I when you're in the season, like you're you're in the trenches, you're you're in the fight every night, and so it's much more about almost like survival um, than um, and you're trying to you know incrementally help guys and whatnot. But it's still much more about survival than it is about like your own personal development and and so like i've always gotten that from my conversations with you and like i'm very kind of i don't need very much to be happy and so <laughs> it's easy for me to just go about my days and so i've always had you to kind of push me to like think about something else or try something new 
And that was kind of why I started thinking about this podcast because I was like, you know, it's how I enjoy getting information. It's really, I love it. I love listening to all sorts of different things from, you know, sports stuff to geopolitics to nutrition stuff to whatever. I, I just love it. And I'm like, well, why, if we have information to give, if we can help in some way, this is the most popular platform to do it on. Um, and then we can spur from this and do like, you know, blog posts or ebooks or whatever to to provide that for other people as well. But to me, it just it just makes sense. Like if anybody wants this, I don't know that anybody will, but if they want it, here it is. And it's it's very simple and and what we can cover topics and how we feel about the topics and what we've seen be successful and what we've seen be uh, hurdles or pitfalls for people. Um, um, you know, we can have conversations with, with youth coaches, college coaches, different so, so that, you know, this isn't just a professional thing. Um, we just have kind of a, a little bit of a 10,000 foot view because, because we are at the highest level and, you know, at least from my standpoint, you know, I've coached my son's 18. I've coached all the way from little bitty D-ballers all the way through to professional baseball. But I've seen the full spectrum. And I know with you, when you were in Australia, you know, you had, you had a lot of different age kids there as well. Which brings me, when you were talking about Australia, the one thing you can't forget to say is how Canberra was the worst at everything. And they won the, they won, when you went there, they won the Shield or whatever. And then you took that little youth program um to be in one of the better ones and be able to compete with the big boys like Perth. So, um, so pat you on the back real quick. Cause you did a great job over there. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was super interesting over there. And, you know, I, I just to echo kind of what you said. So baseball hacking for me, I mean, the name means all the same things. Um, it's a, it's this, biohacking baseball hacking this 2080 idea that we've kind of already referenced um how do i remove the noise and focus on the essential things another book to read essentialism um fantastic book um the these concepts we need to make a book we do need to make a book list um these concepts have been embedded in my life for a long for you know a long time now both of our lives it's something that we've connected on 100 percent um so I get that. It's how I view things. Anything I learn, you know, from baseball to golf to, you know, my daughter's gymnastics class, like I, I view it kind of all the same thing through movement, through 2080 principles, all, all that kind of stuff. So it, it's how I think. With, with the experiences in baseball that we've talked about, I don't know about you, but I know that I am constantly – you know, people are asking me questions. Hey, what do you think about this in the swing? What would you do in this situation? Um, I want to get involved in pro ball. What's the best way to do it? Um, I don't really know who to follow or pay attention to on the internet. Is there anybody out there that you'd recommend? Like in daily life, like I enjoy teaching. That's why I'm a coach. That's why I do what I do. Um, and so I'm, we're, we're naturally getting asked a lot of these questions. And I'm, you know, we'll talk about this here in a second. I'm going to be going to Iowa here in January and speaking at um, a conference there. And I talk, I meet people, they have a ton of questions in the back room, and then I walk away and go about my business. And it just kind of feels weird. Um, And a good friend of mine, Scott Lawler, you know, mentioned hey you should put something together so if people have questions they can find you and access you and there can be continual education beyond this and so i talked to tim about putting together baseball hacking and kind of organizing our thoughts because again i i wanted to do it with someone that i could collaborate with not because i want to be an echo chamber and you think everything that i think because like we are never like that we actually challenge each other on a regular basis i wanted the yin to my yang um, we both have these same principles that we believe in, but my personality is as you, you know, if this continues on, you'll get to know this through these podcasts. Our personalities are very, very different. Um, so I like that yin and yang aspect. And so I wanted you to be a part of this. And then you said, we should do a podcast. And just like professional baseball, I said, no shot. Um, I, I don't know why <laughs> I, I, I had 
visceral reaction to doing this. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably have to, maybe we can unpack that one day on here if we wanted to, but I didn't want to be construed as someone that's just out there trying to sell information or make a quick buck or, or do anything like that. I wanted it. I want, I want to help people that want to be helped and I want it to be genuine. And I don't really have any desire to be a Twitter guru or have a big social media following. I love my job. I love what I do. I love my players. Um, I just want to help if people want help. And this admittedly makes me feel a little uncomfortable, but I've learned this in my life so far. Typically the things that make me feel really uncomfortable, I probably should lean into. Um, so here we are, me feeling uncomfortable doing a podcast. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I was hesitant to do it because I'm obviously the one who brought it up, but I've thought about it for a couple of years and, and my hesitancy is a little bit like yours. Like, I don't want to do anything to jeopardize, uh, you know, my, my place in baseball, which I, which I value and love. So, you know, I'd want to be very careful about, you know, what I say or, or how I, how I viewed. Um, and I also, uh, really enjoy my anonymity. Like, you know, I go to fan fests or whatever and they're like, we can't find your baseball card. And I'm like, yeah, cause I try not to keep anything on the internet. I don't really want to be seen. So, um, but at the same time, like, you always have said you like, wanted to be uh, private, quiet, coach. I want to be the guy. Yeah. I want to be the guy behind the, 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 guy behind the guy like right like uh, and you know that's kind of how my life has gone and that's fine I, I that that's what I want but I think I think that kind of circles back again to this um if this does turn into anything and people do um uh end up in getting information and and, and enjoying this and you know I somebody stops me on the street because they now know who I am cool great whatever but I do think that like one of the reasons this could be a, a really good resource is is for what you said. Like I don't we don't really have the time or the bandwidth to do a lot of clinics or lessons or um, you know, speaking engagements. Cause, you know, once we get started, we're we're gone eight, nine months of the year and we're gone from our family. So when we're home, we wanna we wanna spend time with with you know, with our kids, with our wife. Um, so like there's not enough of us to go around just to the people we know, much less anybody else who may come up. Um, so like, this is a place where we can house information and we can, we can, you know, put our thoughts down. And, and when somebody says, you know, Hey, my kid's nine years old, she lifted weights, you know, we could be like, Hey, you know, how don't really have a ton of time to go over this. I do have some opinions. Why don't you go to baseball hacking? There's a blog on there. It, it'll, lay out everything with links and tell you, you know, where to buy equipment, what you should look for in a trainer, blah, blah, blah. It's all there and done. You know, in a couple of minutes I can walk and go get my car and go home. And I don't have to like, you know, talk through a full strength and conditioning program for a nine-year-old. So, I mean, I think this, this could be a really nice resource for people. Yeah. And I think the big thing when I've been approached about doing a website or, or doing these things before, um, I didn't want to be a, I want I don't want to be a content guy. Like literally what you're watching right now is what Tim and I do on a regular basis anyway. So we just wanted to kind of like embed this into our daily life. I didn't want to wake up in the morning, um, worry about the New York Mets hitting staff and everything going on at the New York Mets and then think, Oh, I need to pump out three blogs today. That that's not, I don't, I don't want to do that. It's very different if you go to our website and you fill out a form and ask a specific question, Hey, I'm Bob from Nebraska. Can you do something on this? Then I feel like I'm actually helping a human being as opposed to me just throwing content out to the netherworlds and hoping people love it. Like I, I want to help people that want to be helped. Like, I think that's the statement I just keep going back to. I genuinely love helping people, but I, I would rather answer specific questions and, and have it be pointed and like just kind of embed this into our daily lives as opposed to like grinding out content and blogs and videos and all that kind of stuff on a regular basis. I was just going to say that like 
you know, well, what you were hinting at there, I think, is is that currently the business model, if that's what you would call this, is not one of like where we're going to be dropping emails in every week with newsletters talking about like, you know, check out our new blog or check out our new shirts or whatever. Really, the, the business model is more um, provide good content and if and have a question and answer area where we can go back and answer things. And then if you want more from us, uh, eventually down the line, we may have some uh, op- you know options for you. But for now, it's literally just pumping out some content through through these uh, these podcasts, through a few short little blogs here and there, and then more like question and answer type stuff that we can get to when it's convenient for us, really. Yeah. So like we all over the website, if you go to baseballhacking.com, you can go on the website, like go to the blog, there's a form and we're going to continue to build this out. Like we want to capture questions from people. So I'm going to go speak at this Iowa conference and I'm sure people may go to the website and I'm sure there's going to be a question about the topic that I talk about. Great. Like throw it in this website as a question. Hey, Jeremy, can you expand on this? Cool. Let's get on here and let's talk about this. Um, or we know an expert in that subject and we can have him on here and we can like talk about it for 30 minutes. Or I can come up with a blog post that answers that particular question for that person, throw it on our blog, and that'll probably answer other people's questions as well. That is kind of what we want to do with this. We want to make content for the person, not content I think everyone should hear about that's going to sell my brand. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and like we've talked about already, you know, everybody kind of wants to typically know about like mechanics and drills. And ironically, being that we're, you know, big league hitting coaches, we definitely have opinions on those things, but it, neither one of us are, are are going to ever say like XYZ works all the time. Um, so there's more nuance to it. So if we have a question and there's a question with a, with a specific um, person in mind, it makes it a lot easier to steer that ship where if it's just general, like, I don't know, it's, it's typically kind of a, a red flag for me when I see uh, hitting guys online who have these, you know, absolutes, you absolutely have to do this. You have to do that. I, I almost every single time can, can punch holes in the absolute. So, um, sure. I think, yeah, so I think like, but we will, we are planning on, we've already kind of started uh, like a little bit of, uh, some video that we should be able to link to for specific drill stuff if people want that. And we have a specific, you know, question or, or, um, example more or less. Yeah. And, you know, with this podcast, the idea is we have, an amazing network of coaches of quality coaches in different fields of amateur amateur baseball college in the recruiting world with college people dealing with the transfer portal currently um major league pitching coaches major league strength coaches um private sector strength coaches like we have this network that we've stumbled upon in in, in our experience and our our journey um that we, you know, we would like to have on here. And again, like Tim says, like for us, like we like the idea of continual education and there's no better way for either of us to learn than get on a call with Brent Strom that you mentioned and just like talk for 30 to 45 minutes and then see, see what comes out of it. And, you know, that's goes back to where the questions are that the you know the listeners may have is like if you have a question about pitching and we know Brent Strom's coming on I'm using him as an example hopefully Brent Strom comes on shout out to you Brent um like we'll we'll plug that in and get his take on it all like we we want this to this is a cheesy word I think it's overplayed a lot but we want it to be organic we don't want this to be forced we don't want this to be I got to make a blog post today so I'm just going to put a lot of words down that don't really make a lot of sense like we want the bang for our buck to be really good. And going back to that book, essentialism, like we want to do less. We just want to do it a whole lot better. Yeah. Man. So enough about us and what we're doing, but like, you know, currently are you reading anything? 
I'm not right now, man. I'm just trying to like be dad. I, <laughs> I, uh, just finished, uh, some fiction, which I like fiction in the off season. Cause well, I like fiction all the time. Just to take my brain off of, of nonfiction stuff. Um, but I'm about to start one, um, um, uh, Michael Malice book. I can't remember. It's called White Something. I'm not even really sure what it's about. I think it's about the history of Russia and kind of their geopolitical system or something. But um, uh, I, the the stuff that's mo more kind of baseball related was going back and and reading some of. Um, and I sent you a, a podcast with it. Uh, Bezos's uh, letters to to his uh, uh, what do you call them? The people who investors, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and it, it's very interesting because you get a, a, a uh, an insight into the brain of somebody who uh, built Amazon, this huge this huge business, and these kind of simple rules he used to to make people work better together. To I mean, it's kind of organizational psychology type stuff, which Adam Grant's another big influence, kind of on both of us, um, but. Um, so that's, that's some stuff I wouldn't mind talking about at some point. Cause I do think from a coaching standpoint, it's probably as important, if not more important than the hard skills. Like I know we've talked it's, about it. It would be the number one thing I would tell any coach is like, everyone spends time on the hard skills. They want to know the biomechanics. They want to know the data. They want all that stuff. The soft skills are what's going to get you further in this game. Like mm -hmm. understanding people, understanding how to survive within an organization um, understanding how to coach the human being directly in front of you and all the nuances that go along with that. Um, th the soft skills, the hard skills may get your foot in the door, but the, the soft skills are, is what's going to take you to the top. Yeah. I think of the hard skills as like a, a, uh, you know, a barrier to entry, like that you have to have that, like to even have a, a shot, right. You get in, you get your foot in the door. Great. But then, yeah. And the soft skills are, are what allows you to expedite things and move things quicker you know because if you're constantly butting heads with somebody you might be right but it's going to be longer for you to get you know get your point across than if you have you know these stronger soft skills or these like i said these simple rules and i learn stuff all the time i feel like i'm pretty decent at it um get along with most people I mean, every now and then i'll butt heads with somebody but for the most part um but even then I'll, I, I i'm constantly learning new things and new ways to think about things. So that's one I wouldn't mind talking about at some point. Um, I mean, much... quick, a curiosity question for me is, you know, I always like to ask you these type of things. So I'll ask you questions that I would normally ask you just on a phone call or something like that. Like, you know, you've, you've now been a double A hitting coach in the minor leagues. You've been a hitting coordinator really in two organizations. You did a lot of coordinating stuff at the Astros too. Um, and now you've been a big league coach for your, after your first year. Um, what is something that you held pretty tight or belief system that you had in baseball that's kind of evolved through your journey? Mm, I mean, the probably the biggest one, um, but would be probably a whole episode into itself, is that bat speed is not create is, is not all created equal like there's like a guy two guys can both swing a bat let's just say 85 miles an hour and those aren't the same thing they're not necessarily the same thing and so chasing bat speed i've seen do more harm than good at the professional level i i can see it from a gross motor um standpoint uh, from a, a youth for youth because it teaches them how to to use their gross motor skills their big muscles to to, to create leverage and swing a bat hard uh, but once you kind of get past that and you get more into needing to compete highly skilled like i i think like these bat speed programs that people are sold on they they, 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 I've seen a lot of guys have really rough years after they've gone and done those. Um, so that's one thing as well, because I was kind of a bat speed guy. Um, yeah. like one of the things I helped you with. Um, and it matters, it matters, but within context. Yeah. 
yeah, within context. And it's just, I, 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 I've everything. If I, I would say this, like when you're looking at metrics, I just try very hard to couple metrics together so that I know that if I'm getting a bump in one, I need to know that I'm not either losing one or, or they're doing it in a way that, that is going to be efficient in a game. I, I, I don't want anybody to do something that's not going to allow them to be efficient in a game because it's at our level, it's too hard. Yeah. So that no, would be, that'd sure. be there's lots of things, but that's, that's the one that jumped up to mind. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think one of the biggest things that, and I, I'm, I may not be as eloquent with my words, but I'm trying to try to figure out how to say it is again, my personality is I'm pretty type A. It's efficiency. Let's go. Let's do, let's, let's move. And I've said this to you. I told you this going into your first year in the big leagues. 162 games is so much longer than you realize until you experience it. And you're also dealing with these athletes that are playing in front of 40 to 50,000 people a night. They're playing in front of millions of people on television. Their emotional energy levels are getting drawn in so many directions that like the slow play is so much more, it's so much better than the like every i'm a hammer everything's a nail type type process if that makes sense yeah. like i see flaws in the swings right like we see flaws in the swings we see things that we need to fix and my visceral reactions i need let's go fix it we gotta go let's go to the cage let's fix it let's work right work work work, work. i've had to really like teach myself how to like slow play things and like mm-hmm. let let time let the ebbs and flow of the season also be a teacher, like be like my co-pilot in this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I've said this to the, the New York media a ton is I feel like one of my biggest jobs as a hitting coach is, you know, essentialism again, like my job as a hitting coach is to figure out what a real problem is and what's just noise yeah. because there's so much magnitude and emotion and things going on at the big league level. Um, Yes, there are flaws. Every big leaguer has flaws. Like it's, you think that these guys are different guys and that they just, they don't need to work on their swings anymore. That's not true. They have a lot that they could clean up, which is sometimes mind boggling. But the slow play and the, like being very methodical um, has been something, it's probably been one of the bigger things that I feel like I've evolved with over the course of my career. You know, with the Astros, when I was in short season with those guys, it was like, they got a problem, fix it, we got to go. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Um, and you truly can fry someone in the course of a 162-game season if you if you push too hard. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, another podcast all unto itself, which is like, like the minor leagues, you know, I look at it as kind of like change theory, right? Like, when do, when do you make a change? And so there's a lot to unpack there but you know in the minor leagues you're, you're trying to get people to the big leagues or you're trying to get them to the big leagues and stay in the big leagues right so you're going to be more aggressive making change um in the big leagues for the most part you know it's 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 go, go compete each night and so like you know for me the main thing and and i'll i'll you know, I'll give Joel, the, the hitting coach with the Reds, all the credit for this because he, he says it all the time, is the main thing is they're confident each night. And so it's like whatever I've got to do to help them be confident. Sometimes it may be like, okay, you got to change something because you're, you're not, you're in your own head. So change something. Let's see what we get out of your head. Um, then some days it may look bad, but they they feel it and let me go, go compete. And then, you know, and, and that's, I just think that's a big, a big difference between what we do at the minor league level and what we do at the big league level. Um, but it's, and, and they're both, they're both gratifying. Like I, I, I love them both. Mm-hmm. Um, I love putting competing each night with the guys and trying to figure out how to help them compete each night. And I love helping guys change and, and, and progress through the minor leagues. Um, but they are, they are kind of two different animals. Um, for sure. For sure. 
I mean, and then college and amateur are completely different context constraints that you're dealing with. So totally different beasts. Like you have to adapt your coaching style to the where you're at and the environment you're at. Like, just like, you know, if you're talking about practice design, different constraints for different drills and stuff like that, our world, our environments are our constraints as coaches. And we have to, we have to create new behaviors within those as well. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, I would say like. Unless you got anything else, you got anything else? It's been fifty-one minutes, man. That's like our typical conversations. We can we can go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else that you are you want to cover here? I mean, this is our first one, our debut podcast. Well, um, hopefully it, it turns out okay. We don't have to redo it. <laughs> and if you see me, if you see me sticking my arm out because I've got a water bottle, I'm squirting my dog because he won't shut up. <laughs> Perfect. Baseball hacking fashion for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, again, if you have any questions, you heard something on here that like, man, that's interesting. I want to hear more about it. Go to the website, contact us on there, ask questions. If you ask us questions, we will get on here and we'll talk about it. We'll write a blog post. We'll do something. Our passion is helping people that want to be helped. Um, that's just, I don't know why that just is resonating in my head on a constant basis right now. Um, Reminds you, me of something that I used to say is don't be an asshole. <laughs> Assholes yeah. are people who ask questions and they don't listen. They yeah. just, they keep asking the same question. Yeah. We want to help people that want to be helped. And so <laughs> if you got a question, ask, I promise you we'll make time. Um, we love Tim and I love getting on phone calls and, you know, chopping it up. And, and if we can get more people on here, which we plan on doing, um, it'll make it even better. Um, get other perspectives and things on here. So, I appreciate y'all listen. Um, when is Iowa? What's the date? Iowa is late January. Um, we got some things going on. We got a new staff with the Mets, so we got some new stuff going on with the Mets. Um, middle of January, got some guys coming in town. We'll be doing some stuff with them. Um, and then late January, I go up to Iowa for the nice sunny weather up there, and um, we'll talk to the coaches in Iowa. And yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to talk about the art and science of coaching. So we're going to go over some drills and some of the the swing concepts that I, I believe in. Kind of keep it with a concept, problem, solution type mentality for the science of hitting. And then I'm going to go into the stuff, the soft skills that we talked about, and, and talk about what I would consider the art of coaching and how to how to coach the person on an individual level. So if you're interested in more of that or want to see the slides or or anything, please go to baseball hacking, check it out. Let us know. All right. I'm out. All right. Good night.